From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Number two is underway in the Bigger Wild Outdoors. Thank you so much for joining us today on this beautiful Saturday. We have a uh, front that's supposed to be pushing through tomorrow here in the state, so uh, temperatures will be around uh, 1,000 degrees. It'll be great. No change. It'll be uh, (laughs) reduced somewhat, but not much. Humidity Uh, level's going to go up. I knew summer or spring was here when I heard the... uh, Heard the air conditioner kick on in the house, so it's that time of year. Getting ready to get her done. Yeah, so. I had to go out and get, get the first sunburn of the year, get it over with. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be a nice one. And if you're going to get out today, it would be a beautiful day to do it and oh, go yeah. out and have some good times so, and maybe do a little fishing while you're out there. We're kind of in that spring mode where everybody's getting out and getting ready. We have so many events that are going to be coming up here spring fish. I think there's a kingfish tournament going on today out there and uh, somewhere. So, uh, Fishing's on the mind, you know, hunting season's kind of a little bit of a way. It's not uh, too far away, and as uh, you heard on the uh, little commercial, if you were listening, uh, now's the time to get out there. If you're planning on getting a food plot kind of ready and all that kind of good stuff, or at least start getting your mineral blocks and everything else put out, get all these things starting to grow, it's just that time of year, and you want to get it done as quick as possible so you don't have to worry about it later on or try to play catch-up, uh, which is you know, usually not a great thing to do. I will tell you out at uh, G5 Feeding Outdoors, uh, I know that they're getting ready for the season to get ready to get going. Uh, started getting some shipments in. I know they got uh, some of the new products and some of the trusty old stuff that everybody likes to use and uh, do it. Keep the deer healthy, get them out there and that kind of thing and keep them in close. Of course, uh, you know, Swamp Donkey, they got them uh, from Primos. They got the uh, Tracton out there. They got the Khmer deer. Uh, red alert out there that everybody seems to like the black magic which is one of course it's a pour and go kind of thing um also the um the primos what is it the uh takeout the the sweet spot type stuff that you can put out there as an attractant and uh the one that bill george planted and said uh it did extremely well was the uh, beets and greens uh, mixture that you can put out there and plant in your food plot and that was but he put that out for the the late season yeah, but I mean, uh, you can put it out now, and then that way you'll also have uh, some beets and greens of your own. So uh, if you want to get out there and start uh, plucking them and doing them, you can. And uh, already, I know that we uh, got in quite a few jugs of pig out, and a few of them have left the building. Everybody seems to love that stuff. So if you want to get out there and get her done, uh, the, this is the time of year to get get out, out there and get stuff. Yeah, pig out. You know, it's a pour down and get it on there. I thought maybe you was inviting us over for something. <laughs> no. Got the Imperial uh, Four Play Mineral Blocks, and also have the uh, the Excels uh, Excelsior Accelerator uh, Mineral Blocks out there, and then a uh, Final Feast also is a nice good product out there. And all of it's out there. It's that time of year. People are starting to get it and get it out there and start using it. And get things done. That's all I can say. Yeah, there was a uh, now. It, you know, it's never. Man, it just seems like it was over with uh, just the other day. But it is. It is what it is. I mean, July, man. In August July. down in the South Zone kicks off for those guys and gals to get out, and uh, so you got to start making some 
preparation. It is. It's one of those things where if you don't prep, then you sit there and you go, well, how come they got those big giant deer over there on the other side of the fence and there's nothing over here to uh, do anything for us or anything like that? Because they're going to stay where the groceries are. Exactly. exactly. Uh, FWC uh, refish survey methods received national certification. I know this is uh, one that Glenn actually brought up on uh, an email exchange. Uh, it would be nice to be able to hear what Dylan Hubbard and others out that uh, spend a lot of time offshore would think about this thing. But I think the good part about it is, is that means that uh, the FWC is uh, NOAA, of course, the ones that uh, regulate the snapper and everything else that you know don't exist out offshore. No, no, there's no snapper offshore, uh, <laughs> and there's no snook at the beaches. No, there's none out there. But I think it's a good thing that NOAA is now looking at the FWC and the data that has been collected by them to actually be included in the official certification for the NOAA fisheries, which is what we've been saying for a very, very, very long time. Why don't you talk to the locals? Why don't you talk to the people who are out there every single day? That would make a, a big difference if you would get out there and do what you're supposed to do. Well, you know, we're we're national, we're federal. We don't need to pay attention to what the uh, what the local governments uh, yeah, or, the, what, or their local representatives have to say, or the knowledge that they have from generations of running these waters and using these waters and these lands. All that information of you know when the when they start to move and when they don't start to move. No, no, the locals don't know anything about that. Yeah, well, the good thing is is that they uh, the NOAA certification means that the reef fish survey, the one that you should be taking uh, if you do it online, if you have not signed up for the FWC newsletter, for heaven's sakes, please do it because if you can't do like what Bill George does and Chuck Eichney and all the others that show up at the meetings, you can at least go in there. And put in your two cents worth when you go in there and they ask you to take the survey. No. I mean, uh, it's one of those things where uh, now the survey is going to be uh, eligible to be used for stock assessments, which if you don't say nothing, then you just got to g- take what they give you. No. And the goal of the Gulf Reef survey was to improve recreational data for reef fishing species, including snapper and others out there. So it's a good thing if you don't. Uh, have that, and you don't uh, know where to even start, myfwc.com. You can go in there, and you can go to uh, gooutdoorsflorida.com, all those kind of areas uh, where you can uh, go and take the Gulf Reef survey uh, when they want you to. And I know that a lot of people out there may say, well, you know, I don't go out there, and I don't, I don't fish for snapper. But you have to understand, it's a reef fish survey. So that means that it includes red and vermilion snappers, gag grouper, black grouper, red groupers, gray trigger fish, uh, amberjack, other jack species, and everything else that hover around a reef. So yeah. it's not just about one fish. It's about multiple fish out there. And uh, I think it's a good thing. I mean, think about it. The more you report about the Goliath grouper catch, maybe they'll actually open it back up again. Wow. No, there's a dream. Yeah. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, dude. You got so many captains out there who who don't agree with that, and uh, uh, you know, if you want to go out and catch one, you can go get out and catch one anytime you want to. Oh go yeah, catch, catch one. for sure. But I mean, if you think about it, you know, for for management of the species, you know, there should be you know a, a, a harvest. I mean, at least once a year, maybe you know, allow it for two days for for once a year. Well, we actually came up with a plan where you know you have a nice little tag system. You that, know, I, yeah, you could purchase the tag. Well, or you could do a lottery draw, you know, where, right. uh, you know, so many people get them for so many places around whatever state. If it's done for, you know, so many other different area, it would be fine. 
What are you fascinated watching over there? He's he's watching a homemade uh, a homemade snake trap. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it looks pretty good. I'm thinking maybe the Python challenge might have something. You know, you know <laughs> you're gonna need bigger cans than that. That's for sure. Well, you certainly will. Did you see that one uh, that they caught that, down there? That 17 footer. That's Dude. big. That is a huge monster fit. I thought the 15 footer they got was you know big enough, but. Throw two more feet on that bad boy. No, didn't I hear how they caught it was uh, by radio tagging? They used uh, a tagging. man. They they used a man. And set out male pythons to go find her, and they had them radio tagged, so they mm-hmm. were able to track them. Now that's, that's just genius. It is. That's absolute genius. Well, you know, they she weighed 140 pounds, and if I remember correctly, I think she had like 73 eggs in there. Yeah. So, and that's, um, 73 more babies that uh, could be out there. <laughs> uh, 73 that grow out to the fact of a 17 foot like mama. I know. I mean, that is that is crazy to think about. It just that how long has a 17 foot python been out there uh munching around on uh what is that? Do you think it was a Burmese species? Did they say what what species of python? Cuz yeah. I want to look up the growth rate. Yeah, it was uh oh, you going to do that now? Growth at, yeah. <laughs> growth rate of the Burmese python. <laughs> but now, you know, it was caught in the Big Sag, uh, Big Cypress National Preserve. Are the trappers allowed in there? Are they allowed into the preserve, or are they not? I would, I, well, if the FWC allows it, then yes. I don't know if the, the, the people that I saw in there uh, were actually uh, professional trappers. That's what I'm asking. I don't know. I think if you see it, why not get it? I think, I don't know, if the, the photograph that I saw looked like they were the biologist type. You know, the floppy hats and the Columbia shirts and, you know. Yeah. The people not like the dusty crumbs of the world are out there, you know, with bare feet, shorts, and a tank top catching snakes all day. You know what I mean? It yeah. was like the end result people. Yeah, let's get a photo up with you and the, and the fish. Uh, you and the snake. Can you get a lot closer? That way it makes it look bigger. Stick your arms yeah, out. There you the go. The size there. of that thing, they didn't have to get close enough to make it look any <laughs> bigger. Did. It was huge. I'm just glad that they got her out of there, man. The growth rate of the steak is entirely dependent on how much you feed it. Well, apparently, apparently been good. she's been eating extremely well down there because 17 feet don't happen overnight. All right, we got to take a break. 888-404-1010 is the number to call if you want to participate on the show. We're brought to you by G5 Feed Outdoors. I'm Brandon Ford. Here we go. And welcome back, Big and Wild Outdoors. Man, I was just watching that homemade snake trap, and it was uh, pretty interesting to see it. it. Real cheap, inexpensive. Might have to try that myself. The only problem is is that it's indiscriminate. So you might be catching beneficial snakes, uh, all that kind of good stuff, than, uh, as opposed to the big, fat water moccasin or Burmese python that's sneaking around in there. Next thing you know, you got a, a fish a snake trap full of... Uh, Indigo snakes or black racers or all that kind of stuff. What's really nice, though, is you can really, it's easy enough to release them with no problems. Oh, sure it is. Yeah. Who wants to, uh, you know, go down there and go, hey, I got this six foot uh, rattler stuck in my trap. You want to help me get it out of there? Sure. (laughs) Not a problem. You grab that end, the sharp end. Grab the sharp end. Let me go grab the ditch witch. I'll be right back. (laughs) That's right. Grab a shovel. (laughs) That's the way to do it. Well, let's go to the phones. Good morning, Chris. How are you today? Good morning, guys. What's guys going doing? on? We're doing good, man. How are you doing? Nah, just getting to the baseball field. We got four games today. Oh, four yeah. games. One fun day. What do you mean four games? Is it like we a- had some rain outs earlier, and so both the boys have two games apiece. So, oh, oh. double double headers. 
That's right. Oh, boy. Long day. Those kids will be worn out, man. You give them about two slices of pizza, and you won't see them until around 12 <laughs> noon on Sunday. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah, don't work like that. Uh, I, I, I know my daughter went on a uh, field trip yesterday up to St. Augustine, and they didn't get back until around 11 o'clock, so I don't expect her to be awake until around uh, 1 o'clock maybe today. <laughs> That's she'll be, right. Should be passed out, man. Should be tired. It's all done. Well, what's going on, man? Have you got your bird yet, or uh, have you just uh, thrown yep. in the towel? Oh, wait. Did you say yep? Yes, we got one. We got a. I got a bird in Tennessee, and uh, we hunting in um, Florida this week because uh, well, it goes out the twenty first, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You got just yeah. a couple so, more uh, days to get it done. Couple more days to get it done there, and. Um, May first of May, I'll be flying out to Texas to try to get a Rio, my first Rio. So, well, how was your Florida yeah. hunt? It was awesome. Uh, um, you know, we had a real tree uh, spring thunder out there. They've been doing real well, and uh, uh, we, we uh, killed uh, killed a nice one. Tyler killed, I think, a bird weight of almost uh, was right at eighteen pounds out of eleven inch beard, a um, little over inch. First, so it was a really nice bird. So uh, we were very fortunate. They just weren't turned on yet. We went opening day, and they wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, they come into the decoys. Um, so uh, it, it was a little rough, but the last day we got it done. I actually saw three birds crossing the road, and um, they didn't see us. But something else spooked them ahead. And um, you know, me and Tyler were talking, and we was like, "Man, let's sit right here." And sure enough, we started calling, and um, two of the three came back. And one came in hard, so that's when we uh, we put it down. So it was pretty awesome. I wonder if it was a little coyote or a bobcat, something moving through the area. It's amazing how this. Yeah, we did see some bobcats. So that people don't realize that, and actually, the main thing is raccoons. Uh, a lot of raccoons. How come you're not popping you know, raccoons, man? That's what those twenty twos are for. You know, it's funny that Toby Toby Benoit actually. Uh, Mentioned that this uh, past week, I know on his little social media account, he's like, you know, I know we talk about coyotes being uh, killers of uh, fawns and everything else, but do us all a favor too. If you're going to be out there, make sure you take out a few raccoons as well, because they're the ones that they kill those turkeys before they're even born. You know, they get there, yeah, rob those nests, yep, they get out there and get on and spook that hen off of there and go there and snacky snacky away. Yes, and I tell you what, one thing, and actually, I was um, y'all have to, your viewers have to watch. It's pretty crazy. Um, if you go to YouTube, I don't know if you have ever seen it. Uh, My life as a turkey. Have any of y'all ever watched that documentary? Yes, ah, yes, yes, I have. Wow, that's all I have to say. That was pretty amazing. Well, they're like uh, uh, they're they're like we always considered uh, turkeys as the uh, mullet of the land. It's one of those other creatures that literally from the moment it's born till the day it dies is constantly under attack. It's like yeah. it's like being a mullet out there swimming around in, in the bay. You know, right, but it was really interesting how that guy was able to manipulate it and actually, you know, be the mother for what was it, almost a year. Right. And uh the sounds they make different per you know, perk mean different things and uh different uh calls for a rattlesnake or a hawk. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, he basically figured out the, you know, almost figured out the turkey language, or at least for the flock that he was in, you know. Uh, yeah, pretty he awesome. Did, he did that here. 
Yeah, up in like up in I think it was Holmes County. Yeah, he did it here in. Uh, yeah, I saw it was Florida, but I didn't know where it was at. His beautiful property he was on. I think that was up north. That was definitely a that's, North Florida. Wasn't but that it? guy just didn't have a. He must not have had a job. <laughs> that was I mean, his job. A, that was a well, full time event. He's a biologist. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he actually, he uh, he he spent, on, what was it, it was a year, right? A whole entire year with him? Or? Yeah, 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 it was pretty awesome. I mean, it's, <laughs> he got a little attack. Yeah, he actually did a, uh, a secondary documentary where he went out west and uh, and got in with a mule deer herd. I never saw that one. Yeah, I, I saw that one. He studied them and got to know the, uh, the pretty much the entire herd in his uh, his little cabin area. Well, I can't remember wow. where, where he was. He was somewhere up in Wyoming. Or how something in the world like that. do you get in? Uh, how do you get accepted by a mule deer herd? Yeah, you got to watch that. Raise them. I think you raise them, or you know, no, I, he just happened to just spend as much a, a, a lot of time out there to where they got to know that he was not a threat. And, wow. And well, I mean, mule deer are a little more uh, different than whitetail. I know that when Glenn and you and I were yeah. out there, uh, you know, those mule deers they're up on a hill, and you could literally walk. Within 30, 40 yards of them, and they're just kind of looking at you like, well, "What's going on? What are you, what are you doing?" Right. And you know, they just hooky dooky along and uh, walk on out of there. It's not like, unless you really like run at them, they'll get that little prance, you know, bling bling bling, where they're springing. Right. Out. But for the most part, they just kind of look at you like, "Eh, whatever." You know, it's not like a white tail. They don't. You don't ever get to you know, and then you know. They're running for their lives. And Lord help you if you have a bag of Chiefs Puffs with you because oh, those yeah. mule deer will just tackle you for them. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's right <laughs> up in the Casper Mountains. They'll, they're, they're so tame. They just. You yeah, know, right. Run. They are. <laughs> we still got, we got pictures of them. Everyone yeah. I seen, they were running. No. Okay, they knew you were there. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> could smell your predator on you. That's it, man. That guy's bad news. So you're not done, though, right? You're, uh, you're, I uh, got another one in Florida. Then you go on to Tejas to try to get her done. And uh, what are you trying to get yeah. your grand slam in one year? Uh, it depends. Depends on if, uh, how I do uh, next week and basically all in Florida. Yeah. Because, um, you know, all this, marry him next. And then um, I can hopefully get that schedule. I think I might go, try to go to Georgia, Georgia and soon. So um, we're trying. It's tough. You know, we got a third third little uh, girl on the way, and uh, I'm also working with um, the Primos group, uh, doing some innovation um, to uh, to some of the products and coming out with some more products. Um, the stakeout line has been almost as well, um, not really on social media-wise, but um, sales-wise, it's been unbelievable. Everybody loves that stakeout blind. Um, they're thinking they can use it for archery on the ground, um, putting up a plate. I mean, you can use it for any type of uh, type of hunting, predator hunts, deer hunting, and uh, everybody loves the um, versatility of that uh, of that blind. And uh, we've lowered the price a little bit. So now I think mostly everywhere it was like one thirteen. Now it's ninety nine dollars. So that makes it. Um, very affordable, and uh, you're a lifetime warranty. You remember when you get the steak, at, you know, the, the actual steak blinds that Primos made or or maybe another company made, and you have like four or five, six stakeouts, put out the steaks, and you have to lay the material. So, you know, they were only at 30 bucks, but now you spend just, you know, 60 more dollars, which is a, a lot, you know. But we understand that, but understand you get a lifetime warranty. You don't have to worry about losing steaks. It comes with its own pack, so... Everybody's loving that thing right now. 
it's a, it's a nice little blind. I can tell you that. It, uh, you know, that we everybody waited so long for those darn things to get here. And now Finally, that they're here it's all good. <laughs> but now, Chris, have yeah. you uh, have you uh, have you gone and looked at our uh, Facebook page here lately? I saw that one of y'all killed a um, a turkey. That's ba- basically it. I've yeah, been, uh, Dave, actually, a buddy of ours was the one who went out and did it. But did you see what he used to actually get the bird in? Maybe you should up, up you know, up your game a little bit. I know that you're in bed with Primos and all that stuff, but uh, maybe you should uh, try the Big and Wild Slate call because apparently it works pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah, the Big and Wild Slate call, huh? You didn't see that one? I mean, I it, it's call. a glass call. I, yeah, no, I, I saw. I, I, I did see that call, but I didn't know if that was just a custom made one time for you guys or what. Well, I mean, it's not like we don't know somebody who can make you one. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's. Uh... Well, I'd love to have one of those calls. I'm a big slate call guy. I mean, I'm using the bone, the new bone collector, which is awesome calls, uh, and then I'm using um, um, Farida's uh, calls, the box calls. Yeah, but we're not, we're not here to toot their horn. We're here to toot our horn. Yeah. Okay, the All guy right? that. Uh, a, well, <laughs> I use my flight calls. I use a different site and making anything about flight calls. I, well, you know, it's 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 not a slate. It's a glass call, but it looks that way. That, that like it works. It's, it's really nice. And the guy that made those for us, uh, he put a lot of time in them to get them. They yeah, look gorgeous the, and they sound great. I still well, got I mine. To order them. Tell me where to order them, and I'll buy them today. There you go. Well, we'll tell you during the break because that's what we have to do right now. So either hang on or go have fun at baseball, okay? All right, I got to go to baseball. I love you guys. Man. All right, take we'll it in, Chris. All right, we are the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford and the great and fine folks out there at G5 Feeding Outdoors. Go by and see them today. Go check out those new low boats. They're right there for you. Go get one. Hey, grasshopper. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody. Big and wild outdoors. It's Braden, Glenn, and Bart over there on the end. I'm uh, sorry. We got fishing on our mind. Yeah, we were So discussing. during the breaks, uh, we, we discovered that Glenn has now become a farmer, which is really good. Uh, you know, it's a good and honest day's work out there. You know, growing your own out there, we always encourage people, if you don't have uh, your own little garden, that you can encourage it. And I know that Glenn has been a fish farmer for many, many years. And by fish farmer, I mean if you go out in the back by the shed, there's a big old aquarium there full of minnows. (laughs) That way way he doesn't have to buy them all the time, and they're just right there, and we can fill it up and go go, go out and do some fishing. But now... Uh, he's put on his uh, overalls and decided to become a farmer, and I think that's a very noble uh, calling on your part, except for the fact that you're being kind of stingy about the whole thing because everything you're growing, you're probably going to use yourself, right? Uh, maybe. Because what he's actually growing is worms. Well, I ain't growing any of them yet. I uh... They're growing. Uh, you got them in there. You got a box. You got the whole dealio there. You're mm-hmm. so uh, smart on you to... Uh, start getting them in there growing now and multiplying as we speak, getting ready for the panfish challenge. How rewarding would that be to go out and catch a boatload of fish with the worms that you raised yourselves? Glenn's Power Worms, only available in Seffner, Florida. That's it. <laughs> That's right. Well, I will say this. Um, going up there to Panta Vista this past week and doing some fishing, actually it was last week, and, uh, man, when the when the bite's on, the bait. It's hard to get because uh, when you true. go to the bait house, uh, the worm ship that has it came in just, you know, waiting on it, be here today or be here tomorrow. And uh, so 
luckily for me, there's a guy down the street from uh, from my job that uh, raises them himself, Mr. Cooper, and man, he has some phenomenal uh, wigglers. And when you when you buy a little cup from him, you get a packed out cup full of wigglers. It ain't twenty five in there or fifteen in there like you get in some of the bait houses, but uh, what you get from his, I would have to say there's at least forty wigglers in that thing, and they're almost as big as a number two pencil. Well, see, that's the. All right, see, now this is what I was going to ask you because when I was a kid, red wigglers to me were the little tiny thin suckers that you'd find on the sidewalk or out when after a rain that were out there wigglin' around and small earth. And when you touch them, they were like would just go crazy. Remember right. those like crazy yeah. worms. But the ones that we used to fish with, we were known as earthworms. And then you would go get those, and they were only about maybe four to five, six inches long, yeah. kind of a brownish in color. Night crawlers, on the other hand, were the big old jobbers that you would uh, usually get uh, if you found one. Uh, and I know that uh, technically there are different species of worms. The ones that you're growing are which ones? The little red jobbers or earthworms as we would call them or night crawlers because you just the way you described it i thought of a night crawler well when you get are, them that big yeah some of these are mixture i mean you got the yellow tails and then but these are just red wigglers so that's what i have i'm over here looking it up i'm gonna get an image of this well, <laughs> red wigglers are the ones that only stay about maybe maybe three inches in length yeah you get them there um if you, you can get some really big ones that you know like you said about three inches but um, I got some of those that, that are in the mix, but we'll see how they, they fare. Usually they don't uh, fare well together when you just clump them up. But, yeah, uh, the red wigglers are the ones that you yeah, can like. the crazy worms. Yeah, the crazy worms. That's the one that I yeah. used to always think of when I was a kid, crazy worms. But like uh, in Pinellas County, nobody has any worms anywhere except I went to uh, some uh, saltwater place over here. Was it Dogfish? Stack? What's the one on uh Candy Park Boulevard there. That's uh, Yeah, that's it. So I walk in there, yeah, and I said, do, I said, do you guys got any worms in there? And they're like, yeah, we got worms right in the front. Well, they had night crawlers. And these things are 10 inches long, 8 to 10 inches long. And it's packed full of them. Dude, I'm only out catching brim. I, I would All I need is like four of those. Yeah, <laughs> because, four of those in pieces. Yeah, you could take it out. You cut off a piece with your pocket knife and throw him back in there. And uh, you literally could catch 20. 20 brim on one worm you know all you need is a little tiny piece of it and throw it on there and boom it was a done deal uh whereas red wigglers you know you stick them in there you get about half weight on there and bring the hook out then he's out there in the water you know going nuts yeah going crazy yeah bringing them in and attracting them so that's what the ones you're growing yeah and uh we'll see how they do um the box i've made it's kind of different uh you know i had this old uh aluminum toolbox been just in the way for many many years i said i'm gonna use something i'm gonna make that and I put uh, how big of a toolbox? Like, like a pickup truck? truck? Pickup truck? Okay. Oh, that kind of toolbox? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant like a you know like a everyday. Well, that'd be all right toolbox. too. I can just pick it up and carry it with me everywhere I go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, are you feeding the worms, or you just throw a bunch of dirt out there and go? Well, good luck, good fellas. luck with it. No, actually, uh, I've, I've had big worm uh, worm beds over the years, but you know, with the fire ants, and everything else, they usually make their way into them and eat them up. But the uh, this one here. Right now they're just eating a banana peel, and uh, a singular banana peel. Yeah, that's all I had to get diet. started with. Yeah, he wants to start and get get them good and hungry, so that way we finally yeah feeds they'll eat them, anything. Just, <laughs> <laughs> We're hungry. We'll eat each other. 
Well, I would think that, uh, you know, worms are probably uh, down there living on the microbes and whatever it is underneath leaf litter and all that other kind of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, there's uh, a little bit of stuff in it. There, but there, there's fish food. I mean, there's worm food out there that you can buy and you know, yeah. turn them into Does super Does G5 worms. have any of the magic worm food yet? Actually, we were talking about bringing in the, uh, the worm bedding stuff for folks who wanted to get them started and get it on their own. Because nobody, dude, you, a- you can't find them anymore. Yeah, it's one of those things that's uh, an industry that's not as prevalent as it once was because every time you turn, you could drive down a road and you'd see a sign that says worms here, wigglers, and whatever. Yeah, but, almost in every gas station. But now it's uh, one of those where if you find one, you keep it in your in your logbook so that whenever your day comes you need it, you can run down and pick them up. But uh, I'm just going to get my own little going that way maybe uh, – They'll do well, and then I just go and get what I need when I need them. Well, you know, as long as they're eating and as long as the soil is okay, you'll you'll never run out. I mean, there'll always be worms in Now, there. I heard something crazy about, about worms and fire ants is that uh, fire ants will not eat worms if they're in the ground, but if the, if the worm is on the surface, then the fire ants will eat them. I, I don't know what happens underground, but I don't I, either. I have that's, seen that's, that's the question I have. I mean, I, I heard that at some point in time when it came to, uh, to, to worms, and I'm – Figured that it would be viable. I mean, if you think about it, I I don't know. I you know those worms they secrete that nasty old uh, slime on there. Man, good luck. I don't know how those fire ants would fare on that. I guess they yeah. can overwhelm it. And maybe I don't know. Maybe it's the slime part that they like. I don't know. Could be like Jello. <laughs> Jello skin. I don't know how we even got on that subject. Well, are your worms going to be ready by June? Are they going to be ready for the panfish challenge? Yeah, I've been buying them from Mr. Cooper, and I just dump them in there. <laughs> So wait, you already have some already set in there? Well, well I had left over from the uh, from the fishing trip last week. I put in there just to get them started. And um, like I say, I'm going to try to find them some of this uh, magic worm food to make them super grow, like uh, some miracle grow, get them wigglers going, and uh, be ready. Do you know that you can actually just buy the eggs? Did you know that? You can no, actually buy red I'm not, wiggler? I didn't, I didn't research any of that. I'm just, you know, it can't he went, be that he went hard to make some worms. feel. That's that's not much very good uh, farmer, uh, you know. Going there, it's like taking uh, trial know, and error. Best best knowledge. You can actually get expensive red... in times, but <laughs> trial and error. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's probably the proper way to do that, sir. You know, going in there and just uh, taking somebody else's worms and dumping them in there and think that uh, everything's going to be okay. I just I... what if what if those worms that you bought were rival worm gang members from the other worms and then now you got a, a worm gang fight happening in your worm bed? <laughs> the strongest will survive in that uh, case you know because what? then they'll be able to handle it. <laughs> to the fanfish challenge. So uh, I look at it this way. I looked at just a quick look online. You can buy six hundred red wigglers composting worms for about twenty bucks. Wow. 20 bucks to put them in there and just let them go to town. Let them go in there and make babies and have parties and everything else. And uh, The worm party. You will have 50,000 worms in there in about uh, probably a month. And be scared to put my hand in that bucket. Damn. No, that would be the great way. because the skin off. You just scoop up one big thing of dirt, throw it in a cup, and then you're good to go. On the way. <laughs> What's know? in that red Solo cup? You don't want to look in there, <laughs> don't, officer. Don't drink that. Don't <laughs> drink that. It's going to be really bad. It's going to be horrible. Well, it's nice to see that you're out there uh, participating in the uh, helping out the economy. Are these going to be for sale pretty soon? Or <laughs> no? Well, I mean, at twenty sure. bucks for how many worms? I think they should be twenty bucks. Why yeah, not? but it takes time to grow them. I mean, that, they're not coming ready to go. They're coming just to improve and hey, with the grow way, in your bed. With the way that the market's going, man, you could be getting twenty five dollars when they're ready. That's true. 
You got to remember the supply and demand. If you got no place to if there's no place to sell them, and you're the only guy with the uh, with the product, you can name your price, buddy. Well, maybe I'll bring them up there for you at the panfish tournament when huh. your spam is spoiled. No, no, spam is all the way. Spoiled man. spam, all you catch your catfish. No, <laughs> whatever. Don't even start. All right, we're gonna take a fast break. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G Five Feed and Outdoor. Go in and visit today. We'll soon to have worm food. And then uh, also Brandon Ford. And welcome back. Man, I can't believe the 8 o'clock hour is almost over. What do you mean? It's forty-seven. You got plenty of time. Don't worry about it, man. We're about 13 minutes out from the top of the hour. Well, in that short amount of time that we have, I'm going to help you a little bit. Because I was doing some research during the break, and I think that we can actually... Monetize your uh, your hard work, my friend. All right, what you got? Well, I've looked and looked it up, and of course, you have to go to like uh, you know, kind of like farming websites and all that kind of stuff. But this, I did not know. If you're going to do it, you've already done the the hard work. You know, you got to get a bin, you got to put some soil in it, you drill some holes in the bottom so it doesn't retain moisture or, or fill up with water. Yeah, which, it's so got some leaching, so you don't drown them and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, and you were talking about bedding. What would you think the bedding would be? And this one here, believe it or not, top items, shredded newspaper, shredded cardboard, leaves, or other yard scraps is all you really need. And here you are throwing banana peels in there. <laughs> That's all you really need. And then you put your worms in there, you get them all started, and you go with all that kind of good stuff. And it says you got to feed your worms. Feed your worms. That's what you have to do. If you're looking for a two-to-one ratio, so for every two pounds of worms, you need at least one pound of food. As far as uh, what you should feed them, you really ought to make a great compost because let nature take its course, and uh, all you need is anything that's brown that you can use. Okay? So they would not recommend, and you do not want to put in there, meat, dairy, grains, or oily foods. Plant-based kitchen scraps like carrot skins, potato peels, apple skins are okay. As long as you use ground-up eggshells and even grass clippings, you can add them as well. Now, Matt, it says one pound. How often do you feed your worms? Well, one pound of bait or food per day? I haven't got to that part, oh. so I don't mind. I don't Man, know. them some hungry worms. Well, you got to make sure you got to feed them. And it says here that if you're going to do this and you're going to do it properly, then what you need to do is plan ahead on expansion because worms grow very quickly. So quickly, in fact, in a few months, you'll probably need more room. So you're going to have to invest in either a bigger box or an even bigger, bigger box, or you're going to have to uh, start putting it down in the ground somewhere where they're uh, going to be uh, kind of boxed in. You know, where you sure they're going to be somewhere, but for the vast majority, they'll be living in an area. Oh, uh, okay. What? Where the strong survives in my box. <laughs> they'll eat each other and just maintain. This sounds like this is kind of a half cocked idea. No, it's actually, but if they grow, I I mean, you know what this means? I've just grown worms over the years when I was a teenager, I guess. Yeah, and how long did that last? We're looking at monetizing this, man. We're looking to make some money here. Acres and acres of the worm farm. Because, you know, nowadays, as this person has pointed out, even if you put it in the local uh, agricultural newspaper there, what's the one out there in Plant City? In the field. In the field. You put a little ad in there, and I don't know, maybe put it on a radio show that you might host. Right. You know, Glenn's uh, Power Worms, you know, Super Wigglers, or mm-hmm. whatever it is. You could probably sell a billion of them. 
Plus, you can put them on eBay. You can put it on Craigslist. You can put them on uh, fishing groups. All that. Boom! Millionaire overnight. I mean, there's more than more uses than just fishing. I mean, you know, it all sounds good until you have to start bending over and digging them up, and then yeah. sorting them out, and then dropping them in the cup, and add a little bit of dirt, and then putting dude, the lid on it, dude, and boxing them up. Dude, are you yeah. going to come do it? You have to think like Mister Love. Mr. Love. Mr. Love from Love's Lures. Yep. Remember that? Yeah. You go to the local high schools, especially, I don't know, maybe ones that have fishing teams, and, uh, you know, offer them a little side gig, a little part-time deal, you know, and then part of their payment could be, you know, maybe some, some worms they could use while they're out there fishing. Sorry about that, Mr. Glenn, but we like plastic. Well, <laughs> that's that's when they're really, you know, they're working and they're trying to get point, but on their days off or when they're out just messing around, I mean, why would, what kid is going to turn down ever, free you worms know, to you go know, You know where I live? Have if you I ever, had them teenage kids come over and dig up the wigglers, where do you think they'd be? Throwing them out lake. there on the lake. I don't like it. Well, you have yeah. to we're just trying them out. You, you have to test your product, my friend. Have you guys ever tried a Texas rig, a night crawler? No. It's not It's not easy. Uh, it's why, why would you even do that? Two cast minimum. I figured, you know what? I mean, you, you got the Texas rig, the plastic baits. Why not Texas rig, the night crawler, and see if you get the best of both worlds? They're not allowed. You can't, uh, during tournaments, you know, you yeah. can't be out there with, Artificial. Live, with live bait. I don't fish tournaments. They do. Well, that's their problem. I was oh, talking yeah. about me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I understand. But, you know, it could be done. You got plenty of room out there, man. I mean, it could be uh, Glenn's Worm Extravaganza. Wide World of Worms. That, oh, there you du- go. oh, the WWW. The Triple W. Yeah. You got the Triple W Ranch, and you just got to, instead of a deer, two deer fighting on the front gate, you got two worms. You could be known as King Three Dub. Ooh. Yeah, maybe. You could put out King, some of that country hip hop too. King of the Wonder Worm. King of the Yeah, see now we got we're getting it, dude. I'm telling you. Mark the Wonder Worm Ranch. This is a million dollar idea and it started and then you could do your T V commercials. Hi, I'm Glenn. I started out with a toolbox out of the back of a truck, uh, and now look at me now. A husky toolbox. 270,000 acres toolboxes. of worms. <laughs> <laughs> we supply worms to India, Russia, Canada, yeah, there's no collusion there. South America, Finland. Need there. worms for your organic farm? I got you covered. Hey! There you go, because they, they, they need them. All those, yeah. all those hippies out there composting all their own... Uh, Filth, you uh, could be uh, perfect out there. I mean, they're absolutely needed in nature, man. Oh, you know what? And you could get a loan. That's a green job. Yeah, so the federal is. government will like throw you like fifty billion dollars to go out there and start your uh, worm. Uh, and then when they come from inspection, I just run down the road and buy some worms and no. throw them out. Look, there they are. You'll, you'll have uh, just dig right here. You'll have uh, Alexandria Cortez out there talking about how great you are at reducing green gases. I don't want her just take her fishing. See if yeah, she can fish. Yeah, see if she can fish with yeah. some worms. She needs to stay right where she's at. Okay, I'm just trying to help, man. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. But you I, know what? I, Somebody out there listening's going. You know what? Them fools on that radio actually got a pretty good idea, and they might. And then, and then somebody. <laughs> then now some guy out there. Now it's going to be uh, Peter's giant uh, red wigglers. And then, and then it's going to be everything that we just threw out there for Roddy's good luck. red wiggler roadhouse. I'll probably Gosh. buy some. I can't believe you turned down such a great opportunity. You know what, Bart? I need you to go apply. Go get one of those federal grants, and uh, we'll start one over there somewhere. In the backyard in St. Pete. Yeah, why not? Yeah, we could do that. Why not? I could file for one of those green jobs from Christman, right? 
<laughs> Bloomberg may throw you a couple million dollars. Yeah, I man. Got a, I'm investing in the worm farm. There you go. Pinellas County. <laughs> put it right there in Snell Island. That would be awesome. If you can just get them to generate some energy, you're on. <sighs> what do worms produce besides uh, better soil? I, I don't know. Heat? Heat, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Find some way to capture the worm's body heat through the soil. No, they're not, we're getting, we're getting deep here. You got to maintain eighty percent moisture rate in the soil, so there's no heat. There. And remember, you got to maintain a two to one ratio. So uh, when it comes to feeding, how much was that worm food that you found online? It was only a buck and some change, right? But that's only four ounces. Oh. I need a bag. Oh yeah, man, you're gonna <laughs> need fifty pound bags out there for that. Maybe, maybe we should rethink the whole thing. It's expensive to feed worms. It, it must be. That's why. Go to the go. I guess you have to go down to the restaurant. Give me all your vegetable scraps. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to suggest. You know, hey, could you save those vegetable scraps from your prep? You know, from your prep time. All the yeah, oil for I, your diesel trucks. Yeah, I don't need that. I just need your scrap. And then we're fighting with all the hog farmers because you know they're trying to get their get uh, get you know called dibs on it as well. Now why are we farming hogs in Florida? We got enough of them for wild. What do you mean? Now there's a shortage of hogs now. Do we, oh, even have, we have decent hog farms in Florida? I don't even know. I don't even know Most of the places either. I know, they're out in Iowa or somewhere. Yeah. Tejas or something like that. Yeah, that, that, was the, that was the highlight of my ride home from school was passing by the hog farm. Did you name them while you were doing this? No, we just held our nose. Look, there's little Benjamin. He's chasing the car. He's chasing the bus. Well, before we run everybody to, to a different channel. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget, April the 27th is our... Uh, Trinity Sportsman's Ministries clay shoot out at Fishhawk. Make plans, come on out. Uh, more to come. You can check it all out at ourbigandwild.com. The, all the information is right there. But uh, the 27th, we'll be doing our show out on the premises of uh, Fishhawk. And you may see Braden trying to find one of those last gobblers just to take a picture with because the season will be closed by then. <laughs> yeah. That's why they changed it to that particular date, just to, so you wouldn't be out there scouting again trying to. Well, you know, I was trying to shoot that target at 500 yards with my compound bow. I'm a bad shot, so what can I say? I missed the clay and hit the hit the. I was turkey. trying to shoot the rabbit. I ended up hitting that turkey. I'm sorry. I'm telling you, there's a few of those times where uh, your brain has to switch over because there are times when you're standing there in the box and you're getting ready to say pull and two doves fly by and you're like, nah, I would, still wouldn't be legal. <laughs> it's a good thing they don't have uh, quail running around out there. Be like, That'd be nice, man. I'd love to get on a good quail hunt. Good luck, man. I don't know where they even go anymore. Wild quail. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I haven't heard anybody talk about a quail hunt in forever. The only the last big covey I ever saw was on our way down there to the uh, the training center. On the way down there to uh, the FFA training center down there. They were crossing the road, and I was just, like, amazed. Yeah, no, like, that was oh. a mirage, man. You no. were seeing things. No, my kids saw them too because they were like, "Dad, what kind of birds are those?" I'm like, "Oh, I can't believe it! Look at all of them!" And they were just pouring across the road, man. I was just you like, sure those wasn't field rats. No, not field rats. Not field rats at all. All right, we got to take a break. Top of the hour. You know where we are. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. It's me, Glenn, and Bart in here. Jonathan's out playing in the woods and. Hopefully, I thought Bill George might give us a call from Camp Mac, give us a little rundown on some of the events out there today. He's busy. The gator speak must be heavy. He's not busy. He's eating. You know that's what he's doing. All right. Hour number three is coming up. We come back. We're going to talk a little bit of politics. Not a lot, but stuff you'd be interested in. Seriously. Okay. Don't give me that look, Glenn. All right. We're going to take a break. Top of the hour. G5 feeding outdoors and Brandon Ford.